Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of I'm Not Fine. Um, yeah, super excited about today's episode. Yeah. It was sent to us by a listener um, when we put out our call out the start of this season. And we love, we love hearing from you. We do. We love to give you guys what you want to hear because there's no point us just coming out with topics no. and being like, yeah, this is great. Let's talk about this if nobody actually wants to listen to it. Yeah, no one wants to talk about Skittles. <laughs> Joking. Moving on from oldies. the Skittles. <laughs> Promise we won't be talking about them today. <laughs> no, we'll be talking about something um, a little bit different, but I feel like a little bit more fun than talking about Skittles. That's just, you know, what I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a fun episode it is today. A fun episode. Yeah. So we're up to episode 10. Of our season three. Yes. And what's today's episode? Today called? we're going to be talking about reframing negative eating disorder beliefs. And it took us a little while to figure out that title. It took us it? quite a while to come <laughs> up with a title because we were calling it before. We, we were just saying things that your eating disorder makes you think that are negative but actually are positive in recovery. And that <laughs> does not, pithy. yeah, does not work as a title. No. Um, and as usual, Hamilton is in the studio. He's actually standing at the door at the moment, looking at us outraged that we're not there with him. And he was just taken outside. He doesn't actually need to go outside. No, that's a good disclaimer. We're not. <laughs> we're we're not holding him against Hamilton. his will, <laughs> even though he thinks he we are. He really does. Every day. He's, oh, such a hard life. Anyway, <laughs> enough about Hamilton. That can be your only uh, your only input today. Hamilton. He's stomping up looking at us um okay so as our old title would suggest <laughs> um today we're going to be talking about things that your eating disorder tells you are negatives but are actually positive yeah and this is not just things that are like like we'll be talking about some things that happen in like early stages of recovery yeah. or when you're in the pre-contemplation stage which is another episode that we have coming up stages of change. yes um but also things that just like in general life, like when you get a bit further along in recovery yeah. or it's not necessarily linked to recovery, no. like it can happen when you go through any kind of big life change, yeah. some of these things. Yeah, and sort of that's, yeah, the life changes in sort of development yeah. as a person. Yes. So you say character, character growth, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, so I guess we want to talk about like how to reframe Yeah, them. and I think that's the important thing is that yeah, so while your eating disorder or your mind might tell you that they're negative, they're actually not negative things. Yeah. And that's why it's important that you reframe yeah. them instead of just, like, pushing them aside or saying, yeah. no, that doesn't, like, affect me or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Subscribing to these beliefs can keep you stuck or will keep you stuck. Yes, that's very um, true. And so it really is necessary in recovery and, as you said, like, later through these stages in life yeah. to accept these things that, like accept them as not true yeah you can be, be neutral to... about them you don't have to love no. any of these changes no. if that's just not you we're not we're not um condoning toxic positivity no here. we don't subscribe to that belief at all no um but yeah neutrality is a great way to go yeah. about it if you can't if you don't feel comfortable or whatever it is that may hold you back from being completely you know like embracing it as a positive yes but knowing that it isn't a negative exactly the... i think that's the important yeah. distinction here definitely so, um, what is our first thought? First one is something that we bag on about quite a bit. So <laughs> yes. this might not be new information to any of no. our long-time listeners, but the first negative ED belief that we have for today is that weight gain is bad. Yeah. Um, that's a classic. It is a classic. I don't think anyone listening it's, to an eating disorder podcast will think that, you know, when we're groundbreaking yeah, with that. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
weight gain is often necessary. It is. And if it isn't, like if you are in recovery and you don't need to gain weight, that doesn't make your recovery any less bad. No, not at all. But generally if you have nutritional rehabilitation, um, you may be under your set point. Yes. And we're not talking about, as we've talked about previously, we're not talking about under a BMI point. No. We, When we talk about weight restoration and weight gain, we're talking about it to the set point that your yeah. body is happy with. And that no one actually knows. Yes, until is. you reach it, until yeah. you stay at the stable weight that your yeah. body is happy at. Which, of course, like if no one knows and no one can give you like a set like an absolute number that you have to reach to, weight yeah. gain will feel bad. Yeah, because you you feel out of control or yeah. you feel like you're doing something wrong because yeah. it might be above what your eating disorder or you think is normal or yeah. right for you. Yeah. But if your body's still gaining weight to a certain point, then it needs to. Yeah, if you're following a meal plan and it is gaining, like you are gaining weight, yeah. it generally suggests... Important distinction. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's all good. Um, yeah, it generally suggests that you're not at your set point and that weight gain is necessary. So not only is it not bad, it's actually an essential for recovery. And um, even though we talk about this quite a bit, I just want to say it's in the forefront of my mind because yeah. I had a psychiatrist appointment today where he weighed me and we yes. talked about how my weight's been stable for basically a year. Yeah. And I'm eating the same... I don't follow, it's like follow a prescriptive meal plan the same way that I used to when I was in like earlier stages of recovery. But I've basically been eating the same three meals, three snacks, not the same three meals and three (laughs) snacks, but eating. so boring. (laughs) Eating three meals and three snacks at least the last, I don't know, two and a half years. Yeah. And my weight has been stable for the last year. Yeah. So once your body reaches the set point, it is happy there. And eating the same amount of food is not going to push you above exactly. where your body's happy. Exactly. Weight isn't designed to be gained and gained and gained forever because no, you doesn't. have your happy place. Yeah. And once you're there, my God, is it is it easier? Life is easier. So much easier. And also your body can function properly. Yeah. Like it doesn't keep – the weight doesn't keep going up and up and up because your body is using all of its systems at their like maximum Peak. capacity. Yeah. And so it's got the exact like nutrition that it needs. Yeah. And, yeah, it's happy and it gives you the capacity to function properly and to function well. Yeah. And also to, like, when you're, like, when you're at your set point and your body's happy, it's actually a lot easier when it comes to things like diet and, like, following whatever meal plan perhaps or intuitive eating. I found, like, recently, like, I just – sometimes come away just feeling in awe at bodies yeah and I know they're pretty bloody amazing yeah Yeah. like if I have something in my day like if I don't have like you know I don't think about calories anymore but if I have something that isn't as nutrient dense as something else and I feel like hungrier or I can't concentrate and I have brain fog I'm just like Jesus Christ bodies are so smart they know what they're doing they know what they want yeah they know know what they need it's just I don't know this is like, you know, people without eating disorders may realise this a little bit earlier <laughs> than 26, but my God, are they cool. Um, and, yeah, as we've already said, like, it's really difficult to be fully functional below your set point. Yeah, it is. And it is an unfortunate reality sometimes when you are in recovery, you have to accept, you don't have to love it, as yes. we already said, but you have to accept that you may have to gain weight to get to your set point. And that it might be really hard to do that. Like days will feel hard, like your body still might hurt. You might have mixed hunger cues. Like there might be so many things that come when you reach your set point, but that they're still out of whack when you're in the process of reaching, like 
getting to your set point. Yeah. And sometimes that can be like, it can feel a bit like, why is recovery necessary? Or yeah. recovery is not giving me all these things that I thought it would yes. straight oh away. Yes. Um, and it does unfortunately take some time to get to some of the benefits of recovery Yeah. and the benefits of weight restoration. Yeah. And it's the sitting with the weight restoration yeah. is where the benefits come from. Absolutely. Um, it's not getting there and then immediately trying to change it. No. And I had a, um, a conversation with a friend recently where it's really hard to push behind perhaps you have you know restored to whatever number you agreed with your doctor but to you know make sure that you are actually able to recover it can be really yeah. hard to push beyond that. absolutely because you might think that yes a doctor has told me this number so therefore I can't go any higher than that number yeah. but as we've alluded to if your body's not happy then it's not going to want to stay there yeah and that can be really hard to do because if you have a good team and you trust your professionals it can feel really confusing and almost a bit distrustful yeah to be like I thought I'd be fine here and now my body is telling me otherwise yeah but that's the thing no one knows your body until you know you let your body do its thing yeah um so how do we reframe that weight gain is bad it's it's a hard one it is a hard one yeah but I think as I as I always bang on about yes sort of taking the emphasis away from the body yeah looking at what it gives you in life but also not just not even the existential not even that big picture yeah but like the everyday of being yeah I think to... that's really important the everyday like the boring stuff yeah and when you stop to appreciate the boring stuff you stop you start sort of thinking of life as like a race or a ch- yeah. like a, sort of a checkpoint. Yeah, there's no milestones that need to be reached. No, and you realise that with an eating disorder, those everyday activities are completely impacted. Like yeah. The thinking... Some of them might not even happen, like yeah. thoughts and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you think. but You it's do all... think, but it's eating disorder thing. Yeah, like my psychiatrist will now mimic past me. <laughs> but... That's really kind. Yeah, really kind. And it was all just like, what's my weight? What's my weight doing? What's my weight doing today? And that's that's what... that's the Emma that I met. Yeah, <laughs> every Tuesday and Friday, whatever the day, it probably was a Tuesday and Friday actually. I would just be overcome with that thought. Yeah, and like I was, you know, studying. I was meeting great people. I was doing all these other. Things. Yeah, you were doing your law degree, yeah. and all you could think about was your weight, not right. about what thank, you were studying or learning. Thank God I deferred those exams. Been <laughs> <laughs> screwed. Wouldn't have known like any sort of. You'd be like, I can't answer this question, but my weight is this. (laughs) I don't know what sort of equitable compensation you're getting, but my weight. (laughs) Yeah, that would not have gone down well. No. But, yeah, just like gaining weight gives you the ability to think and to talk and to connect and to do everything that may be mundane. It might be mundane to someone without an eating disorder, but especially if you're coming out of your formative years and into your like adult life, you might not have actually experienced these thoughts pre-eating disorder because they're more, they're not what, like, I don't want to sound like, 100 years old but like (laughs) the thoughts that you have as an adult are different to the thoughts you have as a child and if you've had an eating disorder through those adolescent years you might be uncovering someone that like in yourself that you don't actually know yeah and that can be really cool it can be so cool and I think yeah it's just being able to appreciate the little things and the big things yeah and to be able to realize what your body can do 
if you do get to its set point and stay there. Yeah, that's the very important <laughs> distinction is stay there. Don't get there for one second and be like, life is still shit. <laughs> I, I'm going back to restrict. Yeah, because yeah. you won't find happiness. No, you won't. You won't find happiness through turning back. But what you will do is end up back at that position where you are at your set point and then it's just a yo-yoing effect if you don't let it sit yeah yeah that's you've got to sit at your set point and give your brain and your body enough time to catch up it's yeah. not like a you wake up one morning you're at the magic number and yeah. then everything's great oh my god that'd be amazing <laughs> it would be so good Relax, and it would be nice <laughs> to know that you were at your set yeah. point but it takes a while like yeah like I said you don't wake up one day and you, your body's like yeah we're all everyone's like at capacity yeah. we're good it might take you a month or a couple of months to yeah. realize like that your weight is stable there will be fluctuations because that's just normal life yeah but yeah it might take some time to know that your weight is stable and you're at your set point and then it might even take some once you know you're at your set point it still might take time for your brain to catch up yeah. in certain aspects but it's not a sign to relapse no and I think that's one of the hard parts about recovery that a lot of it you learn in retrospect yeah that you sort of realize that as you said like you had a discussion with your psychiatrist today about your weight but you've only realized that in ret- like yeah by looking back. exactly he literally asked me today he was like how like how long have you been like this and I don't actually know my weight but he will tell me when it's stable or when yeah. it's so you have an indication. fluctuating yeah and I said all right I reckon it's been about a year and he went back and looked and it had been and yeah it's literally taken me that long to realize and I, I haven't entertained oh, I have had thoughts obviously eating disorder thoughts yeah, in that time absolutely. but I haven't entertained the thought of going back to restriction because yeah. I know that it's not going to serve me no at all and my god you were doing so much with your life like trying to so many things <laughs> and you wouldn't be able to do that if no you were there's no way I'd be able to do that if I wasn't eating enough yeah. or if I wasn't at my set point um, if you can hear a little scratching in the background, Helen's decided it's time to go outside, but it is not. <laughs> no, it is not. He it has not. been, as I said before, he was outside right before we started recording yes. this. He is just, um, and I don't use this term lightly, and I hate using this term. He's a little bit of an attention. <laughs> he is. As soon um, as we're not talking about him or to him, yeah, he just. Or even if, if we're just doing something like this where we're concentrating and it's we not were planning him. this episode and he was asleep on the couch. An angel. And as soon as we start talking and recording the episode, he's like, it's got to be about me. All the time. And then we make it about him by talking about him. <laughs> so really, it's working. <laughs> he's a genius. <laughs> um, okay. Our next negative that's actually a positive, which is connected to weight gain, which we have talked about recently. Yes. Going up clothing sizes. Yeah. And I can completely understand, I think even if you didn't have an eating disorder, you can oh, understand why yes. this is viewed as a negative thing because diet culture uh-huh. and the fashion industry yeah. and everyone kind of tells you that going up a clothing size is bad. Yeah. But as we've talked about not that long ago, clothing sizes are completely arbitrary. Yeah. So it's not a, like a, a sign of your worth or who you are as a person. Yeah. And it might be that, like, I was doing my ironing today. I've let it bank up for a couple of weeks. <laughs> she does. <laughs> she has so much ironing. <laughs> and oh, all of my clothes seem to need ironing. Anyway. so nice. nice <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so I was doing my ironing today and just the range of clothing sizes yeah. that I have, and they all fit me. Yeah. And it's really made me realize that they are so arbitrary. Like, yeah. I probably had a span of, like, four to five different sizes. Yeah. And... And you, they, you wear they, them all. Yeah, I wear them all. They all fit me fine. you have to iron them every yeah, week. Yeah, exactly. 
I'm not going to iron clothes and I'm not wearing. <laughs> oh, my God. Why would you? <laughs> so I can view that as I've gone up a size from one thing to the next, but, like, they both fit me. Yeah. So I haven't really gone up a size no. at all. It's just the nature of clothing Exactly. Sizes. So that's where you can kind of – Oh, that's a way that you can reframe it or take the power away from clothing sizes because it doesn't reflect who you are as a person because I couldn't give you one size and say this size will fit me in every style of clothing. No. It It doesn't. No, it doesn't. Every style, every store. Exactly. Um, And to then reframe it as a positive, going up a size may very well mean having a life blow up. Yes. I really Um, like that term. I really like it too. I think once you get over the need to be at a certain size yes and to stay at that size and to only fit into clothes that size yeah you stop restricting your body into that size yeah because if it's not where your body should be at in terms of the size your life is going to suffer and as we talked about just previously with the weight gain if yeah if you're at a clothing size that is not your set point size you're going to change out of it anyway yeah so, what's the point of buying clothes? <laughs> exactly. Oh. And what's the point in tying your worth yeah. and your life to a size that yeah. you're going to change out of? Like, it's so stressful. Yeah. There's no point in, but like, if you need to restore weight, don't keep the clothes. No, definitely <laughs> don't keep the clothes. Um, and of course, that is like, it is a privilege to be able it is, to say definitely. that this is a good excuse to buy new clothes. Which is one um, positive aspect it that, is. that can come with going up clothing sizes. Yeah. But having said that, we went um up shopping the other day we did and it was quite successful it was successful and it is a great way to get clothes yeah it was very cheap I got two things for like 10 bucks it was great so good um and I guess yeah that last point of accepting the increased clothing size means that you're more comfortable yeah as we said before like if you're wearing shoes that are wrong size you're gonna focus on your feet all day absolutely and that makes you physically uncomfortable yeah. if they're too small, like it hurts. Yeah. But also mentally uncomfortable because you're just fixated on that. You might yeah. like miss a task that you're meant to be doing at like work or yeah. uni or just miss a conversation with someone or forget something. Like it really can impact your whole day. And to combine those two things, I remember one day you thought you gained weight because your um your your shoe was um, <laughs> a little bit tighter. Yeah, it's because I didn't. <laughs> I've been in hospital and my hospital attire is Burks and socks. Like there's just, I really didn't stray from that at all. I didn't even have slippers with me that admission. I just wore Burks and socks. And then one day I went out on leave and I actually wore enclosed shoes for probably the first time in two months. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I've gained so much weight that my feet have grown. (laughs) Like I've gone up a shoe size. Which is not. Which is, weight gain doesn't lead to going up a shoe size unless you're growing. Or you have edema. Or you have edema. Yeah. Yeah. But even that's not lengthwise going up a shoe size that's changing to like the width of a shoe so yeah unless you're actually like physically growing because you're an adolescent and that's what they do (laughs) you don't go your shoes don't stop fitting you Um, and that's an example of the physical discomfort when it comes to wearing shoes they still fit they They just they were different different. Different exactly which is actually a really good thing to remember that sometimes if you're like your clothes do do feel different it doesn't mean that you know you've expanded beyond your mask it's more that you know they just feel different or you might not have worn it for a while as I case with these shoes I hadn't worn them for a couple of months (laughs) and of course as we were just saying and the moral of this um negative turn positive thought is that if you do need to get clothes and pick a size it's okay yeah 
there's nothing wrong with that. No, and it can lead to a lot of good. Yes. I like that. Okay. What's our next one? This one's a good one, I think, because it's something that eating disorders demonize quite a lot. Um, But a negative that is actually a positive is that it is enjoying foods. Yes. Enjoying food. Eating disorders bring so much shame. Yeah. There's a lot of guilt and shame attached to it. Like shame that you've actually enjoyed something that you haven't thought of food as a punishment, that you haven't detested every second of eating it. Yeah. And that's attached to the whole, the rituals around food and eating slow enough and all of that stuff. Yes. I was inculcated to it a young age and thought that, you know, like I couldn't dare eat faster. No. Because like that, that TikTok show. you showed me the other night <laughs> about the peas being eaten one at a time. One at a time. happens in. It's a in joke, but it's, it's not. such a joke, but yeah, it's a stereotype for a reason. Yeah. And newsflash, guys. Eating slower doesn't demonstrate anything except you're eating slower. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you're not enjoying the food. It doesn't mean that you're hating it, that you're seeing it as a punishment. Like anything that your eating disorder is promising you by eating, making you eat slower, it doesn't actually happen. It just means that you're eating your peas one at a time with a fork, which is... Nobody does that. Nobody should do that. No. (laughs) Um, But also, you know, if you have done that in the past, I've done it. Yeah, Yeah, I totally remember doing that. yeah you're allowed to enjoy food yeah it's meant to be food is a celebration yeah and like yeah it's designed to taste good because there's no point eating something that you don't like yeah like as long as you know like if you need to get like you know eat a sandwich and not a huge fan sandwich yeah yeah. convenience sometimes wins out exactly but if it doesn't taste nice like there's a reason why in most treatment settings, you're allowed to have like three dislikes or something because yeah. there are food that you genuinely dislike. Yeah. But then there's also foods that you genuinely like that your eating disorder might have taken away from you. Yeah. It might not have been on your safe foods list. Yes. Or it might just be something that your eating disorder is like, no, that's too much. We can never enjoy that. Yeah. Or the idea of enjoying a certain food shows that, you know, you're not sick. Yeah. Because how dare you thing? like the apple that you're eating or the yeah. chocolate cake that you're eating or whatever you're eating. Whatever it is. Absolutely um oh good he's gone to the clothing on the clothes source hamilton yes so really thank you hamilton um (laughs) recovery is so much easier when you find foods that you genuinely like yeah and people to enjoy the food yeah because food isn't just about getting nutrition no it's about connection and celebration and yes it's about feeding your body but it's about so much more than that Okay, this next one might seem a bit counterintuitive. Yeah. Like when we say it, that it's a positive thing, you might be like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, like- and you might be like, you guys just said you don't do toxic positivity. <laughs> but this negative reframing as a positive is bad body image days. Yeah. That's something that your eating disorder will definitely tell you is a negative thing. But yeah. also your healthy self can also tell you that this is a negative thing. Because yeah. it's called bad body image day for a reason like it doesn't feel fantastic no but the important thing here is to not let your eating disorder or even your healthy self pathologize it and make yeah. it seem like it's a you problem definitely because bad body image days are the nature of being human yeah it's nothing to do with it's well not nothing to do but it's not just to do with having an eating no. disorder it's completely normal like i talk about it with my mum all the time and she's like a healthy yeah. normal eater never had any eating concerns yeah absolutely. and she has bad body image days yeah 
So it's completely normal and human is what we're trying to say. Yeah, it is normal and human. And if you don't want to experience them, well, tough luck. Yeah, sorry, you go become a robot or something. Yeah, <laughs> and if you, if you go through your life expecting not to ever experience bad body image days, yeah, you're, you're going to be, be really surprised and disappointed yeah. and shattered. Yeah. And that's where your eating disorder comes in and suggests that if you have the perfect body, you'll you never have bad body ever feel bad about it. Yeah. Which is bullshit because, because there is no perfect body. No. Even from your eating disorder perspective, there's no perfect body. No. You're never good enough for your eating disorder. And Ever. it's never enough. No. And the irony is that by defeating your eating disorder, that's when you can become the most body accepting or body positive ever. Yeah. In your life. Yeah. You can't become body accepting or neutral or positive through following your eating disorder. No, it doesn't. It just simply doesn't let it happen. It's not in the realms of an eating disorder mind. No, at all. Um, also, if we're going to have a positive spin on it through <laughs> recovery, it helps with exposure. Yeah. And realising that a bad body image day actually doesn't do anything. It doesn't change who you are as a person. It doesn't no. actually change what your body looks like. It doesn't change your nutritional needs. Like it really doesn't change anything. No. Like I remember at the start of the year when we were being very cute and taking photos to put on our podcast yeah. Instagram. You are not having a good body image no. day. No, we did it and I took photos of you and then I did it and I was like, I hate everything. Yeah, you didn't enjoy any of those photos. No. But then a couple of days later you didn't detest them. No, I was like, yeah, sweet, let's do this. Yeah. Because I just knew that day I was like, actually, no, this is beyond my limit. Yeah. I'm going to, if I put that photo on Instagram, I'm just going to perseverate over it. It doesn't yeah. matter what I actually look like. Exactly. And like to me, your image – not your image, but your look didn't change from no. one day to the next. But it was just the day. Yeah. And you just need to sit with it and let and the not, next day come. And not push yourself too far yeah. on those days. Like exactly. that's no why we limits. came back to the photos Yeah, on a few days later because, yeah, yeah you've got to have boundaries so that your bad body image day doesn't turn into a bad yeah. body image week. And so then- important. And that comes with, obviously, we've talked about before, with clothing sizes and making sure that, you know, your vulnerability factors when it yeah, comes to this stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. Ooh, sorry. Changing likes and dis. Sorry, the um, <laughs> microphone just fell. Hopefully that doesn't at all, affect sound. But, um, yes, we're on the couch. That's probably why. <laughs> um, it's just so much more comfortable. It is more comfortable um, on the bathroom floor. It is. Funny that. And we really don't have enough space in that bathroom. No, it's quite a bit smaller. Um, yes, changing likes and dislikes. What do we mean by that? Well, we're talking about when you're in your eating disorder world and you're really entrenched in the eating disorder mind, Yeah. you're a bit apathetic to most things that aren't eating disorder related. Yeah. And you might think that you like something like a certain food, like me with my horrible egg microwave dishes. <laughs> or me with this one type of pumpkin soup. <laughs> that you'll never be able to eat oh, again. I tried it. Oh, was it last year or something? Yeah. I think I was like, oh, I used to enjoy this. I tried it. I think I messaged <laughs> Megan. I'm like, that was so disappointing. <laughs> like, how did my mind put that on a pedestal yeah. so much? Hamilton. <laughs> he's just he's really just trying to get in today. Um, um, yeah, so you might have things that you think you like, yeah. things that you think you dislike, yeah. or just general apathy towards certain things, yeah. like no feeling at all, and not even a neutral feeling, just like a disconnect Couldn't feeling. Care. Yeah. yeah. 
And then as you begin to nutritionally rehabilitate and connect with connect, the world. Yeah, connect with the world and kind of come out of the cloud of the eating disorder. Nice. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, you might discover that your likes and dislikes aren't with what yes. you thought they were. Which is such an important discovery to make because then you can change your behaviours around. Yeah, them. which is a really important thing to do. Like there's yeah. one thing to realise that you might like something you thought you like, disliked or you might dislike something you thought yeah. you liked. But you kind of have to act on it. Yeah, you can't keep doing the same exercise that you don't like anymore Yeah, or keep eating the same food that you don't like anymore. Yeah. Because what's it's, the point? There's no point, exactly. It's not what people without eating disorders <laughs> no. do. Like if someone really doesn't like this one dish they're not going to make it for dinner over and over again no and like i the other day oh, i said the other day like a few, a few weeks ago actually <laughs> i decided to in terms of exercise i was like oh i used to really enjoy jogging yeah i'm gonna give that a shot and it's free and it's free so that was the would, yeah. that was the main motivation i just had to buy the shoes so i bought the shoes and i went jogging cool a single morning and then i realized that it was actually quite exhilarating i did like it yeah but then i thought do I want to do it outside in the summer when I overheat on a 20 degree day? Probably not. Yes, probably not. The did best my legs, yeah, summer. did my legs enjoy the pavement? No. Did I feel sore for like five days? <laughs> yes. Will I do it again? No. So I so changed. You discovered that an exercise that you previously yeah, enjoyed. That I, I was just, I used to love it. I used to think it was the best thing, but that was because I had an eating disorder. Yeah. You might discover that you actually hate all exercise yeah. full stop like and that's okay you might just be walking not walking for pacing but like walking, walking a dog to get from a to b or walking a dog or going for a stroll with a yeah. friend to get a coffee like that might be your absolute limit of exercise and, and that's, that's okay, okay. yeah it's completely you don't okay. have to exercise you ever. don't have to enjoy it no and of course you know moving your body is an excellent way to connect with it and yeah. to feel joy to, but don't feel any pressure to do absolutely. that right like there's no right or wrong way to no. move your body or enjoy. Like I do dance classes and I've done it since I was a kid and I absolutely love it. And that's my favorite kind of exercise yeah. because I do it for the social aspects. Like I have so many friends that do it and I enjoy moving my body that way. But there are so many other ways that I used to move my body that yeah. I'm now like not Can't really. touch. Yeah. Um, that's okay. Preferences change. Exactly. Because priorities change. Yeah, and then also, I really like that. Priorities change. Yeah. And also just like tolerance like I don't want to do x kilometers of running now because I don't have to do exactly <laughs> there's no one in my head saying do you that do this. Yeah. yeah and I'm like I have so many other things I'd like to do like lamb I better watch TikToks honestly that's yeah. been a joy the past few days with exam prep it's just been oh yeah let's get on the TikToks <laughs> um not going for a jog yeah um, I've found even now, not that we live in the same place that I used to walk to work from, but I can leave home so much later <laughs> it's than wild. I used to. I can get out of bed so much later than yeah. I used to have to. And it's so, oh, it just gives me so much more joy. And you probably get to work not like half dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice yeah, little change. I get to work and I can actually make it through a day. Yeah. Just, yeah, it's very nice. It is, yeah. Because I, you, you were concerned about this week making it through because it was your first yeah, like, like first week back of four days in like two months and you smashed like, it out yeah because you listened to your body you knew when to rest exactly um and you didn't take two hours to get to walk through walking <laughs> no which is great yeah that's that's like a exaggeration of the time that was not like an <laughs> no, accurate not leave from work at 5 30 in the morning god could you imagine that was a hyperbole <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> we're not just talking about exercising. No. Like there might be foods, as we've mentioned before, there might yeah. be foods that you thought you liked that you dislike, but there might even be like people yeah. that you hung out with because you're eating disorders gel together. Like they yeah. might also be unwell, whether it's an eating disorder or another illness. And there you're, might be a reason that yeah. you guys were friends. They and sorry. No, you know. Uh, yeah, exactly. There might be a reason that you were friends and it's okay for that to change over time and we're not just suggesting to ghost someone no but yeah you might realize that your values are different that you don't align with this person or that they're not going to serve your recovery and if you're really recovery focused sometimes you do have to distance yourself from people which is hard it is so hard hard. because we're not we're not taught to do that no we're not and we're not advocating for dumping all your friends if you decide to recover no no but it's about standing back and reassessing what sort of and I hate it, it sounds very esoteric, but what sort of energy you're around and what sort of um, messages you give your brain every day? Yeah, that's a really important and sort thing, of I think. yeah, and sort of being able to realize that yeah, connecting with your values to the point of knowing um, when they might align with someone or a group or even like. Oh, I don't know I've said this before but even like the priorities you put in life more generally like for me like study yeah the value like I used to value academic performance so, so highly yeah. it used to be your whole not your whole identity because the eating disorder was a big it was half it. half yeah <laughs> no most of the time it was like eating disorder number one but like if like if I couldn't in my mind especially in like high school well before it became academic, it was nipple. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, you know, if I couldn't be the best at my eating disorder, I wanted to be the best academically. Yeah. And now I actually don't care that much. Like, like I still. You still do. You want to do well. And you yeah. Still pass I still study everything. and I still want to pass. Yeah. But, but it's not your whole identity and you're not going to pin your worth on no. a single grade. And that's only through recovery that I've been able to realize that my entire existence doesn't depend on my academic performance yeah and I think on that note your whole your entire existence and your worth is usually not made up of just one thing no not at all. like there's usually so many factors in play there and it's really important that you find these things that you value so yeah it might make you reconsider uh your day-to-day activities yeah the priorities you have in life um who you connect with and whether they're serving your recovery and your life in general. Yeah. Um, And also may help you realise that people can be in your life for different reasons and seasons. Exactly. And that's okay. And it's, yeah, it's like, yeah, we talk about fluctuations in body and weight all the time, but people in your life can fluctuate as well. Exactly. And that's completely normal. And again, your whole worth shouldn't be to hide in with someone else. Yeah. Someone else. Um, or one particular activity one particular or activity. one eating disorder or Ugh. one piece of food. <laughs> um, you're, you're made up of so many more things than that. And I think your eating disorder can sometimes blind you to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point to end on. Thank you. <laughs> um, so profound. Hamilton's getting really antsy, so I think that's our sign to I wrap up. True. He's going for the hair. Um, um, as always, if this has brought up anything for you, you can head to I'm Not Fine. Podcast mm-hmm. on Instagram and you'll find links to EDV, EDQ, Butterfly, and Lifeline.